I'm not supposed to be here. I was told I would die before my 28th birthday, yet I am 50 years old. I'm a wife, a mother, a grandmother, and I have an amazing life despite living with two terminal illnesses. It's time for me to share my story before I can't. So here it goes. I'm Kelly Wilson, and this is my life in pieces. Hi, Kelly. So when we last spoke, you were standing in your kitchen with both your parents and your little ones running around. And as a family, you were praying that you had cancer instead of sarcoidosis. Can you bring us back to that exact moment and share with us what happened next as you all awaited the news? So from what I recall, my father was doing a lot of pacing in the kitchen. And I just want to clarify, uh, because a lot of people are familiar with sarcoidosis, even though it's a rare illness, but sarcoidosis of the heart is considered ultra rare. So the life expectancy for that was grimmer than having lymphoma. So I just wanted to clarify that. Uh, So as we were standing there and waiting for the doctor to call and the phone to ring, you know, I remember feeling sick to my stomach and we were just crying a lot and uh, really just, you know, standing by the phone, literally waiting for it to ring. So the phone rings and walk us through what the doctor said and what your response was at that time. So when he called, he asked if, I would come into the office and I told him that I'd waited long enough and I would just really appreciate if he could tell me over the phone, which he did. And his words were, it isn't what we were hoping for. And so from this point on, I was going to have to go through some tests and just to see how much of my heart had been affected by uh, sarcoidosis of the heart. And what kind of tests did you endure over the next few weeks? Were you always going in for testing? I was probably there for something every day for, you know, three weeks. Uh, Nuclear medicine scans, which... um, you know, can tell, it kind of lights up inside your body, uh, the granulomas uh, from the disease, blood work, countless chest x-rays. It just seemed like every day was something, but I wasn't um, being really informed at that point. I was just come this day, get this test done, come tomorrow, do the same thing, and so on and so forth. Absolutely. So here you are, 26, a wife, a mother of two incredibly young boys. How did it feel processing that news, like taking out everybody else's reactions? How were you feeling at that point, getting all of those tests done and and being told that you were going to die within the next year? Well, when that happened was actually in the x-ray department and after I'd had a test 
for some reason, my doctor was there. And I said to him, I was like, I have no idea what this is. And I feel like I've just been poked and prodded at. And I really need some, you know, some information. And he brought me in a room. Uh, I still refer to it as the dark and dingy room. Um, And he brought me in there and he just said, this can affect you from head to toe, inside and out. But you will probably die within a year. And you need to plan for that. And at that time, I remember that feeling of your legs becoming jelly like I knew it was bad but to hear those words was devastating I called my dad immediately after that conversation as I was leaving the hospital and he told him that the doctor told me that I would die inside a year and I was driving home, my father was driving in and we were on the same road and we we stopped in the middle of the road and it's like a main highway kind of thing and we just hugged and cried and and when I spoke to my dad this week about, you know, the day we stood in the kitchen, um, he recalled that, it was 24 years ago, But what stuck in his mind the most was us on the side of the road because he said, I realized then that, you know, we were going to lose you. And it was debilitating for my whole family. Absolutely. And where was your husband in all of this? Like he, he obviously was devastated about this news. How did you guys cope with that? So he was a long haul truck driver and spent a lot of time away providing for our new little family. And he, I think his defenses and what he could do was just work more to try to pay medical bills that were going to be up and coming. And we just weren't sure Um, the conversations that we did have, you know, were surrounding him and what he was going to do with a one and four year old if I was no longer around. And for him, because he was away so much, I don't think any of us could really wrap our heads around this at this point. And during all this time of processing, did you find that you were still hopeful or did you feel yourself kind of slip away after you got this diagnosis? So after I got the news that I would probably die with inside a year, then I started to plan my death. So I wrote letters to my family and friends, my children. I did videos for my kids. I planned my funeral. I actually went to the funeral home and went in the room with the funeral director and picked out my casket. I wrote my own eulogy. I had a box that I filled with clothes and right down to the lipstick of what I was going to need for, you know, the time when it came that I was no longer going to be here. And at that young of an age, 
or any age, I think people have a difficult time dealing with end of life in some cases. And, you know, it's the fear of the unknown. It's who you're leaving behind. But for me, the act of planning my own funeral and doing that was so that my family wouldn't have to when I was gone. And I don't know if it put me in that place where I became depressed, um, but I did. I, as soon as I got everything tied up in a neat little bow, I went home and I just waited to die. I did the things that I needed to do in daily life for my children. And aside from that, I was a complete and utter mess. I, days and days would go by that I wouldn't even get out of my pajamas. Which is absolutely understandable. And so this obviously took place 24 years ago, and you're still here alive and well and speaking to us about this. So what changed for you? Do you remember the exact moment that your mindset kind of shifted and you decided to fight? Absolutely. I was watching TV one day and the Oprah show came on and there was a woman on there. Her name is Karen Duffy. She's a, she was a Revlon model slash actress. And she started talking about having sarcoidosis of the nervous system. And from what I understand now, that's equally as rare as sarcoidosis of the heart. And I listened intently to that show. I was like, okay, So here now, this woman is talking about this disease I just got diagnosed with that I couldn't even spell yet. And I listened to everything, what she talked about treatment. She talked about the struggles that she had, the chronic pain. She talked about a a sarcoidosis foundation. And as soon as that show was over, I literally went to my computer, which was dial up at the time. Some people wouldn't even know what that is. <laughs> and and I wrote the Oprah show and explained my situation and how grim it was for me, or so I thought. And her show contacted me back within the day and put me in contact with Karen Duffy's um, agent. So I wrote a letter and then I received a handwritten handwritten letter back from her and that started the process in that moment that one hour show that gave me back much needed hope that I had lost and I decided from that moment that I was going to fight and if there was someone somewhere in this whole entire world that could help me, I was going to find that. And that was the starting place. And from that email I sent, I never looked back in a way that um, I was going to die. I planned my life after that day instead of planning my death. So it sounds like from what I'm listening to, Karen Duffy just lit that fire for you and made you feel empowered to start learning more about your diagnosis and figuring out a plan, which is so incredible how you just happen to sit down to watch one show, probably with kids screaming around you, because how else would you watch TV back then? And, And it just happened to be exactly 
what you needed to hear. It's so incredibly moving to hear that part of your story. So for people that are listening that are maybe fighting a battle of their own, whether it be health issues, whether it be the current situation that the world is in or whatever it may be, because everybody's battle is different. What would be a piece of advice that you would give to your listeners that something that you did just to try and rise above all of it after you watched that show? Well, I think for me, I realized that death is inevitable and it is for everyone, but you don't think of that at 26. While I am here on this planet, I'm going to make the best of every single day. And I did make myself a promise that every day, no matter how I was feeling, I would get outside and, you know, for even if it was for five minutes, get up, shower, get outside. And trust me, there's been some days that that has been a tough thing. It might seem like such a small thing, but it really isn't. But because I set that goal for myself and I don't allow myself to get um, the poor me's, I think. Right. I, I have my days and we all do. And whether that, no matter what that's created from, I allow myself those days, but they're days or they're moments. I think positive and I think we all think in our heads, you know, oh, you know, a positive mind is, is a good thing, but it really was for me. I internalized that. I, I think positively, you know, with every ounce of my body and I just can't allow myself to go to the dark places because it's so easy for us and no matter what you're dealing with. And I think going forward from there even in the negative I tried to find the positive and you know I would do tests and procedures and be really sick like head in the toilet sick from treatments and think okay this is just this moment and I didn't think about tomorrow I just thought about this moment and if I could get through this moment the next moment may be better and I think that's how I've lived my life ever since. I also am a fighter and I think I always was, but any amount of hope that you can, you can take in gives you the power to, um, to fight. And I never close myself off to anything. I have tried natural medicine, traditional medicine. I would have ate dog crap at 10 and two if I thought <laughs> that it would work. I would try it once. I would, I would do Reiki. I, now I remember back in, in when I used to be in the hospital a lot, my mother would do Reiki over me and I'd be like, mom, they're going to think I'm nuts. And now they welcome it in the hospitals. And, you know, I would just try anything. And I think what little things makes each individual feel better at the time, that's what you have to hold on to instead of what makes you feel 
incredibly awful. Absolutely. And I think, Callie, my favorite thing about you is although you've endured more things than any other human being I know and probably most people know, you have just as much sympathy for the person that breaks their arm and kind of goes into a little bit of depression that they can't play outside and stuff like that as as anybody. Like you don't feel like, oh, my situation is worse than yours. I don't feel bad for you. So what I have learned is regardless of what happens to someone, we are only able to deal with what has been thrown at us. So if someone breaks their arm and that's the worst thing that's happened to them, the feelings are still the same. Other people can look at me and they have and they've told me, I could never deal with what you have to deal with. Well, that's absolutely untrue. You just haven't had to. We are such a resilient species. And we, for the most part, have it in us all to fight for our lives. And... Just because it hasn't happened to you, just because if you listen to my life, you feel that yours pales in comparison as far as trauma or how things affect you. But the feelings that everyone has for what they have to deal with are are real. And they're exactly the same as the feelings that I have. So... I think we all have to be kind to ourselves and we all have to just go through our journey as it is given to us and we all have to do the best we can.